Before she's long gone, long gone, Celeste Katz Marston is on the line right now, all the way from Boston, USA. Luck of the Irish to you, Celeste. How are you? Good morning. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, congratulations. I mean, you guys are just still enjoying St. Patrick's Day. So I think there's a few sore heads around Sydney uh, tonight and tomorrow, for sure, after St. Patty's Day. <laughs> Love it, don't you? Yeah, it, it's fun. Boston is actually the most Irish city in the United States. So they take it very, very, very seriously here. And, and uh, it's, a, it's a major holiday. I think you've got the parade back too, haven't you? Yeah, uh, that's they uh, took a hiatus for the uh, because of the COVID. So now they are bringing the parade back, which a lot of people are happy about. Although some people are unhappy that the route is going to be a little bit shorter, going to skip some parts of the area just because of people gathering and still trying to be careful about the virus. But uh, eventually, I am absolutely sure it will be back in full force. Yeah. Well, well good luck. I, th- I love that Boston parade. I've got to come over and see it for myself one day. Definitely on the bucket list. And something that you're doing in the United States of America, which I often ask at around this time of the year when we're turning our clocks back, why don't we just keep daylight saving all year round? And apparently you're going to do that over there. Yeah, well, they're talking about it right now. And the Senate passed a bill to uh, stop us changing the clocks twice a year. We do it uh, spring forward, fall back uh, in the U.S. And so the idea is that uh, it's causing some problems. It causes confusion. And the reason why it was established isn't really holding up, which was essentially to save energy. It was initially a sort of a wartime uh, activity that that people did and uh, to to preserve energy to have people spend most of their waking hours during the time when there was more sunlight and it turns out that it doesn't really work that way and so a lot of people are saying that between that and all the confusion and problems it caused we should just get rid of it yeah uh, they got rid of it in Queensland they had a, a referendum and uh, decided uh, it was mostly the northern areas outside of the city of Brisbane that uh, voted against having daylight saving. They got rid of it. I think maybe someone could correct me on uh, text, but it was because up in the tropics, it's very difficult to get kids to sleep when it's still sunshine outside and it's still damn hot, you know, it's humid. But in somewhere like the United States of America or New South Wales, Victoria, it would be worth having daylight saving all year round. Why not? Right. It, it makes sense. And, and now there's some confusion about, OK, we're not going to change the clocks anymore, but should we stay on permanent daylight saving yes. or should we stay on permanent standard? And, you know, there, there are lots of studies and lots of different opinions about this, about how changing the clocks affects things like, as you say, a really important one is uh, kids performance in school, waking up for school, you know, getting up in the dark. Uh, people working uh, and, uh, you know, their their efficiency and their productivity, depending on uh, what hours of the day they're working uh, relative to how much sunlight we have. So it, it is a legitimate conversation, but I think a lot of people have just been over it for a long time. Some states have made this move, but this would be a really big national move. Yeah. And so you're talking about keeping it in daylight saving time or just not having daylight saving time at all? 
I think that there are some people who really aren't decided about that. Even some people who are in uh, Congress, in the legislature, who yeah. have said, yeah, we should stop changing the clocks. But the question of which way we should keep it if we stop changing the clocks <laughs> yeah. is still a matter of debate. So daylight savings time always there to cause uh, some sort of conflict. Yeah, it does the same here in Australia. Uh, I know I, I went to Alaska and it is so dark until about mid-morning, so 9, 10 o'clock in the morning when I went to Alaska, and that was late in the year. So coming towards uh, winter, is that right? No, coming towards summer it was. It was autumn when I was there. And uh, that is an issue when it comes to daylight saving here in Australia. I mean, it's it's quite dark later into the, uh, the morning hours, but uh, you've got that uh, sunshine later at night. I, I don't know. I, I like daylight saving. But a lot of Queenslanders would disagree with me this morning, I'm sure. All right. No more switching clocks, I reckon. Uh, one of the other stories you've sent us is the Disney employees, they're staging walkouts over the company's response to the Don't Say Gay bill. You might like to explain the Don't Say Gay bill to us. Uh, this, is, uh, this came up in Florida, didn't it, through the week? Yeah, so there is... Pardon me. There, there is a, a bill that was passed by state legislators in Florida, and it's referred to as the "Don't Say Gay" bill. But basically, it prevents uh, people in schools from talking about gender identity and sexual orientation with children in the younger grades, kindergarten to third grade. And a lot of people say that this is very homophobic and transphobic, and that we should be having, you know, age appropriate. But this is not something that should just be sort of. Um, you know, forgive forgive the uh, the analogy, but sort of closeted away, not spoken about or talked about like it's something shameful. And so uh, employees at Disney resorts, obviously Florida is a big, big center for the Disney resorts, Disney World, as opposed to Disneyland, which is in California, uh, have been staging these 15 minute daily walkouts as a protest uh, against this. And, uh, you know, it's it's become sort of a a flashpoint in a larger discussion about how we treat LGBT people in the United States. Yes, because uh, the, the CEO, uh, Bob Chapek, uh, he mm-hmm. sort of bungled the response, didn't he? He took too long to sort of say, you know, I'm, I'm against the, uh, the whole idea of don't say gay. And so the uh, employees are quite uh, angry that it, it took him so long. Yeah, they feel like he really sat that one out in a way that, that wasn't fair and that was... <clears throat> Pardon me again, uh, you know, sort of denigrates uh, people who are uh, LGBTQ, um, you know, people on the staff. You have thousands of people working at these Disney resorts and people want to be treated fairly or don't want to have their sexual orientation be, again, sort of this, um, you know, associated with this idea of shamefulness or having yeah. to be hidden away. And again, I mean, we are talking about age appropriate discussions, but basically people are concerned that he didn't come out against saying, uh, pretending that this doesn't exist is wrong. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. Now, Trump is suggesting that he might make a run in 2024, but uh, not with Pence this time, right? Yeah, that's what he's saying. He said that uh, they got along great until the very end. And, you know, the very end being, of course, the part where uh, where Mike Pence wouldn't say that uh, Joe Biden was the legally elected president of the United States and uh, confirming the, the outcome of the Electoral College results. So, yeah, Donald Trump didn't like that very much. And so as a result, he's saying that on this you know potential uh, run again for re-election for election in 2024 he would not have pence on the ticket he you know sort of 
a little bit typically of what he tries to do. He's sort of not even saying that he wouldn't do it. He's saying the people wouldn't accept it. Uh, so yeah. um, we don't know if he's going to run or what's going to no, happen. No, we don't we, know we, yet, do we? Yeah. No, no. So this is this is all very speculative. But, uh, you know, Donald Trump is not a man who tries very, very hard to stay out of the news. So <laughs> definitely getting a few headlines. With that do you think he's going to run? What are you, what are your thoughts? Oh my god. Predictions yeah. are the worst. I'm so bad at them. I really hesitate to say uh candidly, I just as somebody who's covered politics for a long time, I can see a lot of reasons why he shouldn't because, you know, yeah. of course the biggest yeah. one, what if he did and he lost? Or what if he did and he said he won again if he lost and, you know, further undermines confidence and trust in the U.S. electoral system, which is a really, really big issue and a really, really big problem. Uh, of course, you know, he, he it would give him an opportunity to raise more money, get out there, talk about, uh, you know, again, forgive me, sort of his favorite subject himself and, uh, you know, sp spread that around a little bit more. And there are um, private life benefits associated with pursuing public life. Um, so those would all be factors. There are also a lot of people in the United States who genuinely would like him to be president again, who think Joe Biden's doing an awful job and Donald Trump was uh, the best president we ever had. So I'm not trying to suggest that he, it would be a total fool's errand, that there would be no support for a second Trump presidency. But I, I think it's a very delicate calculation. Do you think he'll get the party nomination, though? Uh, you know, the party, the Republican Party has gravitated or gravitated during his time to become essentially sort of a party of Trump. There are people who have tried very hard to break away from that, to speak against him, but in terms of the sway that he holds over the party and uh, candidates that he's supported that sort of have, have espoused some of his views, there has been some success there. So uh, I, I definitely don't think it's out of the question that Republicans would support him because they're just really sort of, he's so unique uh, in politics and in American life, that it would be really hard for somebody to primary him. How, how would that? How would you even go about that? I'm not sure that that uh, you know among disparate other candidates, one of them could really muster the strength to overcome him in a primary. Yeah, and and uh, with your background and understanding of politics, do you think he would win? Do you think he could? Do you think he's burnt his bridges too much? Well, look, I think I think a lot of people in the establishment and a lot of reporters uh, certainly did not think he could win the first time. Yes. Thought he was an absolute joke and he would never go anywhere. Yes. And, and yes. that the, the whole thing was sort of political theater. And he won. And a lot of people were really burned like that. So I'm not going to, you know, never say never, of course, but I think it would be sort of an uphill climb. He now has a record, not only as a public figure, but as a public official. And that that is something that really sort of changes the equation. Is there somebody in the party that you think would make a better president than Trump um, or even Biden? It's it's hard to say in terms of the Republican Party. There are people who have been trying to uh, who have either been around and tried to do this or have gained some currency. We were speaking about Florida a little bit earlier, sort of Ron DeSantis is the governor of the state of Florida, and he has gotten some interest from people who 
uh, sort of have the, the the Trump way of thinking uh, in mind. But uh, is there a really apparent uh, successor to Trump and to the Trump model of government? Not necessarily. I would say that DeSantis is probably pretty high on the list. Though. Yeah. There, there are other people in the party, but it is pretty early. And what what's the feeling over there about Biden and how he's doing at the moment, and particularly with the, the war in Ukraine? I think some people did get frustrated or have gotten frustrated with Joe Biden. He was dealt a, a very difficult hand in terms of uh, U.S. relations with uh, countries abroad, with coronavirus, obviously. People are certainly not happy about inflation right now. Oh, no. uh, you know, it, it is You're really, really difficult. You're really copying it, aren't you? Inflation is through the <laughs> roof over there. I mean, oh, it's everything. it's it's bad. It yeah. is it is bad, and also uh, you know low interest rates on homeownership that that appears to be over. So uh, you know we're sort of getting it from all sides, and a lot of people do blame that on the president, and they sometimes do take it out on the party in power in midterm elections, which we do have this year. So yes. uh, Joe Biden definitely in a difficult spot, um, but you know again approval ratings can be cyclical, can be uh, bumped up or down by. Uh, specific events. But if you want to look at the long term trend, I mean, is he the most hated president in American history? He is not. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we'll see how he does in the midterms very, very soon, in fact. Uh, But the White House saying that it's running out of money to cover COVID tests and vaccines. Is that right? Yeah, that would be specifically for people who are uninsured. Of course, people who have health insurance in this country can still get access to treatment, to vaccination, to boosters and that sort of thing. But uh, there was a a major spending bill passed and it did not include uh, a bunch of money over $22 billion, actually, that was going to be uh, earmarked for COVID funding. So in terms of testing and uh, therapeutic treatments uh, and so on, some of that money is going to come away. There just is not going to be enough money to to fund that long-term. Things like monty, uh, monoclonal antibody treatments and so on. Uh, you know, there is there are stores of these kinds of things, of tests, of treatments and so on. But what we're talking about is not being able to buy more, which is scary. If you look at, uh, you know, the waves of variants, we have we have thought in the past that things were getting better. Things were uh, improving, that the virus was, if not going away, coming under control. Then you get a Delta variant. Then you get a highly contagious, if somewhat less dangerous Omicron variant. And we don't know what'll be the next thing. We have a, an Omicron subvariant now, I think. Yes, yes, um, yes. It's always something. So the question is not that in, in the immediate term uh, that everything is going to fall apart, but if we get hit by another very serious variant, it, it could be a real problem. Yeah, it's one place that you need to have insurance before you go and visit the United States. And uh, for you guys, I know uh, my brother works in the health system in San Francisco. You have to have insurance, don't you? You have to have health cover. It's, yeah, you, yeah, you really do. It's I mean, look, emergency rooms, for example, are not going to turn you away for not having insurance. But at some point that that bill becomes due and and people experience these sort of shocking uh, ramifications for for not paying those kinds of bills. The insurance companies are there to make a profit. They will come after you. Uh, and and it's a real problem for people who, who just don't have that kind of backstop. Are you enjoying Boston? Yeah, I mean, it's it's been very different. I, I moved up here when I got married in uh, 2019. Wow, so we is were, it that we long? Only, 
Yeah, yeah. Because I was the other side of the glass when you moved and I was the one setting up the telephone calls and, yeah, I remember you moving. But what's it like? What is Boston like compared to New York? It's it's different. I mean, it's certainly, if you think about it, I think Boston, the population of Boston is something like mm, 700,000 people uh, versus like 9 million people in in New York. Uh, It's it's more spread out. You know, New York is more concentrated. It's it's sort of a different vibe. The accent is different. (laughs) It certainly takes a a little getting used to. Uh, Boston does have a lot going for it. It really is an educational center. It does have culture. It has music. It has great restaurants. Um, you know, I'm a New York girl at heart, so it, it is an adjustment. And to in fairness, in fairness to Boston, um, I really didn't get to experience that much of the city before we went into lockdown. Yes. So, so we'll maybe make up for time. Out, yeah, that's right. Make up for time with extra daylight saving time. And uh, you, you never know. Oh, it's a beautiful city, though. I long to see Boston next time I'm over there. Celeste Katz, it is so great to catch up with you. Celeste Katz, Marston, thank you for your time this morning having a chat with us from Boston, USA. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Thank you so much.